John chapter 6. talked about last week that John chapter 6 actually touches a lot of things in the, ch- in, in the church world. It touches a lot of doctrine. <coughs> it touches a lot of, uh, well, there, there's a lot of issues wrapped up in this one chapter. You could spend a lot of, you could spend a lot of time here addressing a lot of things. We touched on a few of those last week, and I promised you I would come back and touch on some of those, and I almost just ditched you and moved on. But (laughs) I'm trying to find, I had my place marked where I wanted to start tonight. Now I can't find it, so give me just a second. I know it's in John chapter 6, so surely I can find it in just a second, surely. some reason I can't yeah we're going over here I found it I was looking too far ahead where I want to look the most clearly so anyway John chapter 6 now before we start (coughs) we are going to preachers texting preachers in the middle of church (laughs) It's the third, second service in a row. Uh, I want to have some kind of opening remarks on it. Not that uh, I'm apologetic for what I believe the Bible teaches or any of those things. But here's the thing. There are a lot of backgrounds that ended up at MAG. And there's been no controversy at MAG. and And so we didn't come to create a controversy where there is no controversy. Let's put it, is that understood? And that we're going to discuss some kind of things that can be heated discussions, but we're going, to, we're going to teach it as family, and we're going to teach it graciously. Yes? And, uh, and leave brothers and sisters in the Lord. Particularly with what we're going to touch on tonight, because this is an issue that leaves people, one of the biggest problems with it, that leaves people not believing that each other are brothers in the Lord. And... And there are things, you know, we talked on some things last week that, uh, we, that were, uh, were unambiguous about, like Mormonism is not Christianity. That's just the end of the story. It's not Christianity. So there, we're not brothers in the Lord. Uh, and, uh, and Jehovah's Witness and, and others. But the one we're going to touch on tonight is going to be, a, it depends. I mean, that's bottom line. It depends. Because, um, but here's what you need to understand about, there can be things that are, are, there can be issues and doctrines that are just error. Do you know that? 
There's a lot of people that don't know how to understand that. There are or, or just disagreement. Um, or just plain error in the body of Christ. And I like to say it this way sometimes. Some things are just a family fight. I'm trying to set the stage here. There's some things that are, that are clearly outside of Christianity. Clearly. And even the, what we're going to talk about tonight is out, certainly outside of orthodoxy. Which would fit the, the technical definition of heresy. So that's, that's strong words. That's why we want to, we want to preface graciously. And some things we're talking strictly in theological terms. Heresy is a theological term. It does not necessarily mean lost or cult. Does that, is that, do you understand? Because when you people start using words like heresy, that stirs strong feelings. And that conjures up... Uh, um, well, that's fighting words, <laughs> you know. Um, but we want to address it straightforward. I, I had actually had intended tonight to take up, I mean, several of these are things that angels fear to tread. Yeah. Uh, one of them would be once saved, always saved doctrine or unconditional eternal security. I mean, that's, that's just where angels, people either believe it or they don't, and a lot of the church world does. A lot of the church world don't. That's a family fight. There's a lot of good people that are certainly saved, certainly going to heaven, certainly we're going to be there together. <laughs> we can strongly disagree on some things. And, and when I get to that point teaching on that doctrine, I will lay some pretty solid. I, I don't, I actually, I hit that doctrine every time I pass it in the Word. I don't ever take the opportunity not to. But I want you to understand that this pastor knows that that is a family dispute. And the reason I didn't, I intended all week to take that on tonight because that is addressed in John chapter 6. I'm going to back up your 2 4. Yeah. I was like this. The reason I'm not is because John chapter 15 is coming and it's going to lend itself much more strongly to addressing that. In fact, you cannot teach. No matter which camp you would be in, you could not teach John chapter 15 without addressing that doctrine. It would be impossible. Okay? But tonight we're going to look at, and, and I want to lay, I'm, I'm being very deliberate on purpose because I said I want to be gracious. Now, I want to ask something I do every once in a while. This is, not to, this is for my information, not to highlight you out. Who in this room, and, and we are in an area where I will be surprised if it's not the majority. Who in this room has a background at least, a background at least of oneness Pentecostal belief? Just, that's really less than I thought. I really thought it would be greater than that because this area is the stronghold from here to, into Louisiana of oneness Pentecostalism. So that's, and that's what we're going to take on tonight. One is Pentecostalism versus Trinitarian 
the, the, theological, the theological word would be modalism or um, modalistic, monochromian, whatever. And you'd be interested to know maybe that, that, the, that, the, that the term, the theological term modalism actually comes from a Trinitarian. Uh, oneness, the, one, the term oneness uh, doctrine and modalism, the, the, really the technical uh, theological term, it comes from a oneness or from a Trinitarian theologian. It didn't come from its roots in the doctrine, strangely enough. I, I, I thought that was kind of interesting and kind of strange at the same time. Now, modalism was, uh, was a second and third century doctrine and largely did not exist past that until about 1909 and became a real issue by and large around 1915, 16 and into 1917. And what we know today as oneness Pentecostal denominations actually were a big Pentecostal fight about 1916 going into 1917. Uh, I, of course, out of, out of Azusa, it all, you know, we all come from, all the modern Pentecostal movement came from Azusa. We all came from the same place, essentially. Topeka, Kansas, prior to, prior to Azusa, uh, uh, what's his name, Branham, uh, out, out of Galveston, and then Topeka, Kansas, and then, of course, the, the, really the, the father of modern Pentecostalism would be William Seymour, and... Um, Azusa. Bonnie Bray House, then to Azusa. That's all of us. We all, all of the modern Pentecost, when I say modern, I mean when, when, when the doctrines of Pentecost came back to, they're not new doctrines. They're, they're Acts chapter 2 doctrines. They're, they're the birthday of the church doctrines. But when they came back to the forefront was in the early 20th century. And we all come out of the same spot. And Largely for from from the third century to nineteen early nineteen hundreds, modalism didn't exist in any real way anywhere in the world. It it just was so far outside of orthodoxy that it just didn't exist, and was considered well, and still is considered outside of orthodoxy in the Christian world. It just that's just a fact, because the Christian outside of modalism which is what it is, uh, the term for it, everybody else is Trinitarian. So that, that in and of itself puts it outside of orthodoxy. Because ortho, Does everybody know what orthodoxy even means? That's why I say when you throw out terms, people get all fired up, and they're just that. They're, they're terms. They're defining terms. Orthodoxy is the general accepted normal norm of Christianity. So there are fights within orthodoxy. Fights within orthodoxy. Here's, a, here's a, a fight within orthodoxy. Calvinism versus Arminianism. People have strong opinion on it. The issue's not settled and probably never will be this side of heaven. Y'all don't have to be quiet, it's okay. As long as you're not going to stone the pastor. As long as we're going to leave here, still brothers in the Lord, it's okay to, it's okay. It's a, it's, it's a, it's a touchy subject. These are things that in an, in, in an assembly of God church or the like, it shouldn't even be controversial, but we have people from every background. 
And, and we're, you know, by the way, we're glad. We're glad. And I'll go ahead and say a few things before I even start in on it. We're going to take the scripture in just a second. And I'll say a few things before we even get started. I think, I believe with all of my heart that one of the greatest tricks, if you will, one of the greatest schisms, that's the right, that's the right word, we talked about isms and schisms last week. One of the greatest schisms that the, that the enemy ever caused in the church, outside of to cause the church to believe the, work, the, the gifts and workings of the Holy Spirit were not for the church. That's the biggest one. Hello? No, I'm talking about the, 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 biggest, the biggest lie that he ever got us to buy, most, it's most of the church world, is, is the doctrine of cessationism. That's the biggest, that is the biggest lie that he's ever pulled off on other than hath God said to Eve. Are y'all with me still? Because you end up with a church, a powerless church that God never intended. Laying that aside, one of the, outside of that, one of the greatest schisms that the enemy ever perpetrated on the church was when he split the Pentecostals. And that's exactly what it was. Everybody acknowledges, everybody acknowledges on every side that the Trinitarian oneness split in 1917 was just that. It was a split among the Pentecostals. It was a schism, a chasm, in fact. And that was nothing more than a trick of the devil. Because I want to tell you, you want to talk about unity? Well, you, uh, you want to talk about oneness? <laughs> you want to talk about oneness? That wasn't it. That wasn't it. it that, was a, that was a deep division that still exists today. And then we're going to talk about, uh, well, let's take a text for y'all. I'll get done and y'all say, he never even took a text. <laughs> John chapter 6. Verse 35. And Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger, but he who believes in me shall never thirst. But I've said to you that you have been that you have seen me and yet do not believe. All that the Father gives me will come to me, and the one who comes to me I will by no means cast out, for I will come down from heaven. Not to do my own will. Now that statement right there is the beginning of something that ought to give you pause. That, a fa- that the Father and the Son can have two separate wills. I didn't come to do my own will. I came to do the will of my Father. This is the will of the Father who sent me. These are words that ought to be causing you to slow down and think about what's being said. Well, I told you, Jesus, these things are in these scriptures. John chapter 6 has a lot, touches a lot of things in the church. And that all of that has given me, I should lose nothing, but I would raise it up again in the last day. And this is the will of him who sent me, that everyone who sees the Son and believes in him may have everlasting life, and that I will raise him up in the last day. 
No, we can, be, we can continue because the same language is all the way through the chapter. Okay? So now I've taken a text. <laughs> this is one thing that we're going to start from the beginning. I'm, and I'm actually going to try to do this in... Y'all are going to laugh at me if I say I'm going to try to do this in one night. But I'm going to try to do this in one night. Here's one thing that I believe that this preacher is sincere. That I'm going to make, if people watch this online, I'm going to make my, my, I'm going to make my friends mad. I'm going to make my enemies mad because some people's going to believe I didn't take a hard enough line. Other people's going to believe I took too hard of a line. And the fact of the matter is, is they hadn't taken any line. <laughs> so, but I'm, if I'm going to err, I'm going to err on the, I'm, I'm going to stay with the Bible. I'm not going to, I'm not going to give to anything that I, that I believe is completely outside. Do you understand that? But I'm also going to give some leeway on a few things. Boy, you don't find that? Y'all didn't know I gave leeway on anything. No, I'm not going to give leeway in, in what I believe and what I believe the Word says. I'm going to give grace in where I believe people, that good people can disagree even if I believe they're wrong. Is that fair? Is that fair? Okay. Because here's one thing I know. There's a lot of people when it gets into the weeds. And I don't mean to, to, I don't mean to lessen the word or its importance by calling it getting into the weeds. I'm going to say that there, there are some things that, 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 that the oneness Pentecostals, the, I'm talking about the laity and the Trinitarian Pentecostals. and the, Well, there's the Trinitarians, period. The, you got to understand something that's just a fact. There's Trinitarian, there's oneness Pentecostals and everybody else. I mean, that, that is indisputable. There's no, there's no oneness church of Christ because they're the only ones. Uh, no, that's true. I'm not even going to touch that because it's not a denomination. They are the church of Christ. Again, I know many good brothers that were brothers. I also know Many that if you're not them, you're not in. And I don't abide that very well at all. But I can find common ground if they can. Right? I don't think you're going to hear many people anywhere that's willing to be diplomatic. Now, I believe what I believe. But I am not in the business of people that believe that Jesus Christ is the only way to heaven. That you are saved by his blood, by faith in who he is and what he's done. I've told you before, you can get a lot of things wrong if you've got Jesus right. Because I know one thing for sure. He, t- he tells me when I stand, that the question is going to be about my perfect faith, not about my perfect doctrine. But that's not to say that doctrine is not important. What you believe is definitely important. I ho- are you here in my heart? There are some people that we are not brothers. Well, first of all, you need to understand that, that the world now, most of the church world believe that we're all God's children. Y'all know that's not true. You've been going to church here too long. The people in this room here know that that is not true. We are all God's creation. 
But you've got to be born again to be God's children. That's why you have a spirit of adoption whereby you cry, Abba, Father. That's why we know in John chapter 1, verse 14, that the Word became flesh, dwelt among us. We beheld His glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. But we know from verse 12 that to, the, to as many as believe gave He the power to become the children of God. It's why you needed an adoption. It's why you needed a new father. It's why Jesus told the Pharisees, you are of your father, the devil. We're all God's creation. But to be God's children, you have to be born again. That's why Jesus told Nicodemus, John chapter 3, you must be born again. End of story. That's why Paul said, I've determined to know not much, nothing among you. Save Jesus Christ and him crucified. That's why. Now here's where I want to begin. And then I'm going to, I may, I, I, I hate it when I tell lies. Because I, I act like I'm fixing to open this up, turn it wide open, put pedal to the middle, left lane, hammer down, and blow through this when I know that when I see your faces, I'm going to slow down so you get it. Because <laughs> it's more important that you get it. No matter how long it takes, Right? Here's something I want you to understand. I am not going to get tripped up with anybody and lose my salvation over things that I don't understand or that maybe you don't understand. That is very important. There, that, that's going to be important to a lot of things in the, because there's things that, you're, there, that God wants us just to believe him and trust him. Get in this word. Not, not, it's not blind faith because you have the word of God. It's not blind faith, but he wants you to believe him. And there are things that are going to happen in this life that clearly I'm not going to understand. Whether it's doctrine or whether it's something that happens to me in my life, that's why he tells you in Proverbs to trust in the Lord with all your heart and to lean not to your own understanding, but in how many of your ways? In all of your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. There are clearly things in this life, if it hasn't already happened to you, it will. There will be things in this life happen to you around you that you're going to see that you don't understand and I'm not going to lose out with God to a known God I'm not going to lose out to to anything a known God over something I don't understand and here's one thing I am absolutely sure of whether you're Trinitarian or you have a oneness leaning or you're full-blown that none of us understand the Godhead The Bible calls it a mystery. And you know why it calls it a mystery? Because it is. But there are things that are clearly, when you get down to the words, hear me, I say it every week, but I'm saying it more punctuated tonight. The words matter. The words matter. And there are words that you're going to have to ignore to get a oneness theology. That's just how it is. But here's what I want you to know before we even begin, that the Godhead is a mystery. If you, you need to say amen to that because the Bible says it is. That's something that everybody that names the name of Jesus ought to be able to say amen. And there, I, uh, I, I know things about God that he's told me about himself. And one of those things is that my ways are higher than your ways. 
and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. As high as the heavens are above the earth are my thoughts above yours. There are things that I know that I don't understand. There are things that I know that I see through a glass darkly. You know how I know that? Because the Word says so. The Word says so. That we see through a glass darkly. Now, I believe that the Word of God is absolute on some of these things. But there was one thing I do still absolutely know is that none of us absolutely know or understand the Godhead. And it's, that, it's the things that none of us can understand that has caused great division that should have never happened. We should have never been at war with each other over things that none of us fully understand. End of story. It should have never happened. Here's another thing I want everybody to know. Because frankly, it's one of the things that burned me up because it's nothing but pure ignorance. It's nothing but pure ignorance. I do not know one person that I've ever known that was even, even had an iota of, of, of Christianity in them. That's pretty broad. I do not know one person ever that believes that there are three gods. And man, that is what I... I've had that hurled at me. I've heard that argument. You know, that, that's one of them three God people. No. I do not know. Hear me again. I do not know a single person. If you're in this room and you believe there are three gods, I need to talk to you. Because there's one God. Now, the modal, that, you know where modalism comes from? Because the, the, the theologian that wrote the doctrine who was a Trinitarian... <laughs> Talk to, because it, it, that God manifested in three modes, or mask even. That he was in the Old Testament, he was manifested as the Father. That when, when the Word became flesh, that he manifested as the Son. When Jesus left, that he manifested as the Holy Spirit. We use words like three persons. I think that word is probably a bad word. It trips people up. And yet none of us have a better one. But I want you to understand from the beginning tonight, anybody that watches later, that I don't know a single human being that, is, that, is, that, is, that is, is even begins to look like a Christian that believes that there are three gods. And I'm going to even cut to the chase on one of them because it's one I, I, I have, actually I've, I've been around both all of my life. In fact, when I, when I worked for Dillard's, the guy that got me on there and, and got me shoved through and got me into a real position and that was one of my best friends in the world for years was a oneness Pentecostal in Fort Smith, Arkansas, which would have been where Mickey Mangan's daddy was the pastor for 167 years. <laughs> he, may, he may still be there. I don't, no, he's been gone a long time. But that's where Mickey came from, Fort Smith. Very gracious people. And, but among those people, I met some people that were pretty hateful sometimes. And they'd say, am I still okay? Or is this more, is this more breakdown of John chapter 6 than anybody wanted? So I thought something, you know, because I, I mean, I can nuts and bolts. I mean, this is my, fa this is my thing. 
And I thought, this may be more than anybody ever wanted. <laughs> Just leave us alone, let's believe what we want to. <laughs> One of the things I've had hurled at me, not so nicely, was when you get to heaven, you ain't going to see no three thrones. I agree. Because I don't believe in three gods. And I wish you would quit insulting me. But I'm, can I read something? Just write Because I, I just thought for my own pleasure, I'm going to knock that one down just real quick. Is that all right? <laughs> Revelation chapter 3. And I believe it's to the church at Laodicea. Remember? The one that was enriched, increased in goods and needed nothing. But I say that you're, you're poor, blind, wretched, and naked. Need to buy and anoint it with your eyes, with eyes have that you can see. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man opens the door, and I will come in and sup with him and he with me. Remember? That's verse 20. Verse 21 says, to him, I pretty much brought you up to speed right there, by the way. So I'm not jumping to verse 21. Verse 21, he says, this is Jesus speaking. He says, to him who overcomes, I will grant to sit with me on my throne. Well, that ain't where he stopped. He says, I will, and, I, and I also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. So, <laughs> there's no three thrones. We know that Jesus says, where's he, where's he at right now? Where's he at? Where's he at? Seated at the right hand of the Father. <laughs> now, Ephesians said that when I got saved, where am I? Where does Ephesians say I am? You are, if you're in him. It says, I am seated with him in heavenly places. And he tells this church again, if you let me in and you overcome... I will allow you to sit with me on my throne because I have overcame and I'm seated with my father on his throne. So we have an idea of a throne that is beyond anything that we can really imagine because the entirety of the body of Christ is seated with him in heavenly places on his throne already. Whoever overcomes will be seated with Christ on his throne while he's seated with his father on his throne. This is bigger than us. This is bigger than us. It's the mystery of the Godhead. So I wanted to clear up right off the bat. I don't know anybody anywhere that believes in three gods. I've known hateful people in every camp. Hateful is not a fruit of the Spirit. If they could add hateful and sarcasm, I wouldn't have to deal with near as much in me. But instead he gave self-control. <laughs> Come on, y'all. Now, can I go ahead and tell y'all something? I, I can, I'm going to try to be gracious. Again, I'm not being ugly, I'm, but I'm going to be truthful. Now that I'm down here in this country, I can tell you, I can go to Vider, Texas. Y'all know where Vider, Texas is? Yep. Hmm. 
I got more work than I thought I did because these people are, <laughs> these people are delusional. <laughs> I want y'all to know that when we, when we brought Jeff to Texas, we planted him down there as an ambassador. <laughs> Oh, how I want to say something else, but I'm not going to. It's just fun, but no, people get mad at me. It's all right. I could get them on that, and they wouldn't be mad at me for other things. I better just stick with ambassador, <laughs> missionary, emissary, one cent. Yeah. You can move in there, but you have to shoot your way out. Yeah. <laughs> this morning he had to swim out. Here's what I was going to tell you. <laughs> I can go to Vider and I can go into a restaurant, and you know, you're going to be able to know by appearance and brother I can tell you I can tell you in 25 seconds if they're from out on the interstate or if they're from Eastgate I don't know I don't know anybody you hear me I don't know anybody personally let's go Derek Wayne (laughs) am I okay because this, this, is, this is moving to a point. This is moving to a point. I can, tell, I, can tell you just, I can tell you within 30 seconds of walking in the door which group they are. By the way, they treat other people. By the way, they interact. And I can guarantee you, I can tell you which group is still my brother if I ask their pastor and which group that all of us are going to hell am I right or am I wrong some of you should know and I'm going to tell you that that here gives me an advantage because you know what I'm talking about and I'm going to tell you that is that that is that is that fine line of drawing between a cult And people that we just don't see eye to eye and maybe probably are, they may know their doctrine, but they're not going to throw anybody out of heaven over it. Am I still all right? And I'm going to tell you, I'll go ahead and mention some things because this is what the problem comes with, with error. Because it leads into a place of control that is cultish. Now I want to tell you, when you're telling people who they can marry, who they can date, when they can buy a house, when they can sell a house. I want to tell y'all, y'all don't have to ever worry about me and cult, being a cult leader because I don't have time for all that with y'all. Buy whatever house you want, I don't care. I can't keep, I can barely keep up with my kids and my wife, much less who you're dating and who you're marrying. I care about you, but I'm not going to interview everybody you decide to go out with. And decide if they can marry you or not. 
And we ain't going to name which group is which, but I think we all know. And I'm just illustrating. Is that okay? The, 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 can I just blow through some scripture for you real quick? The word Godhead is used to describe God's divine nature. In Acts, I'm, if you an older, just write down and go look up scripture. It'll be, you'll, you'll get your scripture reading in tomorrow. Acts 17, 29. Therefore, since we, look at me reading them. Therefore, since we are the offspring of God, we ought to think of the divine nature of the Godhead is like gold and silver or stone, something shaped by art of man's devising. Colossians 2 and 9, for in him, that's Jesus, dwells the fullness of the Godhead bodily. By the way, that is the, that is the, that is the fulfillment, that is the image that when you see in Isaiah that his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. What is Isaiah saying? It's saying what Paul says to the Colossian church, that in him dwells the fullness of the Godhead bodily. That everything the Father is, he is. Everything the Spirit is, he is. Everything is encapsulated in the man of Jesus Christ. He was divinely God. Romans 1, 19 and 20 tells you that his eternal power, it talks about his eternal power and Godhead. That God has is a mystery. I've already told you that according to Colossians 2 and 2. 1 Timothy 3 and 16. And by the way, Paul, <laughs> boy, Paul, Paul told Timothy in, in, in 1 Timothy 3 and 16, and without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. Without controversy, I thought, whoo, boy, <laughs> God is manifested in the flesh, justified by the Spirit, seen by angels, preached among the Gentiles, and believed on in the world, and received up in glory. Hallelujah. God is one. We all agree. Deuteronomy 4 and 25, 39. The Lord himself is God and there is none other. Exodus 20 and 3. You shall have no other gods before me. Deuteronomy 6 and 4. Oh, hear, O Israel, the Lord your God. The Lord is one. Other scriptures. 1 Samuel 2 and 2. 2 Samuel 7, 22. Psalm 30, or 86 and 10. 83 and 18. Y'all ain't, that's a lot. Isaiah 46 and 6 and 8. Isaiah 43, 10. Isaiah 43, 45, 18. Each of these verses clear, show clearly that there is one God, we all agree, and that he is the only one and true God and he is to be worshiped. New Testament. Mark 12, 29. This is the first of all commandments. Oh, hear, O Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord is one. That's as it is written in Exodus. Mark 12, 32, for there is one God and there is no other but he. 1 Corinthians 8 and 4, and that there is no other God but one. Galatians 3 and 20, that there now that we know that there is not, but there's, that now a mediator does not mediate for only one, but God is one. Am I moving too fast? Probably. Ephesians 4, 5 and 6, Ephesians 4, chapter 4, verses 5 and 6, O Lord, one faith, one God, Father of all. 
1 Timothy 2 and 5, for there is one God and one mediator, mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. But then you have to start dealing with words. Now, y'all know, y'all know I do not, you can hear by me saying y'all when I speak. I do not speak Hebrew. I do not speak Greek. And I do not speak English well. Two Hebrew, two, I'll, I'll spell them for you. How's that? Two Hebrew, two Hebrew words for one are, is yakhed. Y-A-C-H-E-A-D, like yak head. I'll pass. <laughs> and the second one is E-C-H-A-D, ikad. I don't know how to say it. And that's important. Because they mean two very different things, but they're translated into English as one. The first one speaks of absolute true unity. This is Yaqid. Speaks of absolute unity, a mathematical or numerical number one. It is used about 12 times in the Old Testament, but not to describe the unity of God. Here are examples. Abraham offered his only one son. They mourned for him as one mourns for his only son, Zechariah. Jeremiah, make mourning as for the only son, never used about God. E-C-H-A-D, this word is significant in the fact that there is only one way to God, one son of God, man's only hope of salvation and this is through the Lord Jesus Christ. It, this word speaks of a compound here. Are you with me? E-C-H-A-D. This word speaks of a compound or collective unity, often a unity which compromises more than one person, i.e. one crowd, one person, one nation. Let me give you a modern day example of what this word would translation. One nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. One nation. Let me give you scriptural examples. It'll make it clearer. Genesis 2, 24. And they shall become one flesh. For this cause a man shall leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife, and the two shall and the two shall become one flesh. My head now my sermon illustration walked out on me. And I can't have nobody else play my wife. Are me and Heather one person? Physically. Are we one spiritually? Indeed. Indeed. How's that? 
covenant unity? Mystery? Ezra 3, 1, the people gathered together as one man to Jerusalem. The people gathered together as one. First Chronicles 12 and 18, and all the rest of Israel were one mind of King David. Two Greek words, H-E-I-S, Hes, and Monos. I think we all understand Monos, M-O-N-O-S. Yes? First Corinthians, for the, for H-E-I-S means union and accord, a compounded unity. First Corinthians 12 and 12, for the body is one, it has many members. So you can be one and many. <laughs> but all members of what? One body. Being many are one. Also is Christ. That's in there. John 17, 21. And they all, that, that, that they all, they, that, last time I checked, that's a plural pronoun. Right? We're all into pronouns these days. That's a plural pronoun. Yes? That they all may be one as you, that they all may be one as you, Father, are in me and I in you. That they also may be one in us that the world may believe that you sent me. Now, who was speaking? Christ. Let me read it again. John 17, 21, Jesus speaking. That they, that's the body of Christ. That's who it is. May all be one as you, Father, are in me and I in you. That they also may be one in us that the world may believe that you sent me. The words matter. Whenever Scripture speaks of the fact that God is one, it never means mathematical or a number one. That word, the words, the Greek words and the Hebrew words never address God as one in a mathematical or numerical sense. Ever. It's always in a, the sense of absolute and divine unity. They agree on everything. They are one. What does 1 John say? It's not even in my notes. But it says that these three, that these three abide in heaven. What? The Word, the Father, and the Spirit. So what it says? And these three are one. Now I'm going to tell you, it says, and these three are one. And I'm going to remind you again that I don't know a soul on the face of the earth that believes that there's three, that there's three gods. And I'm going to tell you again that the most damaging, damnable thing that the devil has done since the Reformation was completed. Have you ever heard anybody say that? Because this preacher believes that the Reformation believed, began with a monk nailing the 95 Thesis to the door in Wittenberg, Germany 
that declared that the just shall live by faith. But it, but it culminated at Azusa Street. I don't have time. To, I, I could prove it. But will, will you just let me throw it out there tonight? I can prove it. I don't have time. But that's why I said I believe that since the, since the, since the completion of the Reformation, what is a Reformation? Is when things are being brought back to the way it was originally intended. The Reformation culminated in Pentecost, just like in Acts chapter 2. And the greatest lie and schism that the enemy has ever perpetrated on God's church was splitting the Pentecostal church over the mystery of the Godhead. It should have never happened. It should have never happened. God is three, but God is one. It's a triunity of God. Yes, I will acknowledge it's a tired, poor argument that the Trinity, word Trinity is not in the Bible. It was never said it was in the Bible. Nobody's ever said it's in the Bible. It is a theological term by a scholar to, be, to write down on paper so people would know what he was referring to, the doctrine of. That's like saying rapture's not in the Bible. No, rapture's not in the Bible, but the, but the resurrection of the dead is. And the word, when it says in, first Thess- in, in, Thess- in Paul's letter to the Thessalonian church, when it says that we which are alive and remain shall be caught up. Rapture, I want you to know, the word rapture means to be cut, to catch away. That's what it means. It means to be catched, to catch away quickly. Harpezio. And so people get all tripped up about things that were never said, never, nobody ever said that they were in the, that those words were in the Bible. Mm. Made me want to sing some arrhythmics sing in there for a second yes my, my brain is that squirrel <laughs> Heather's looking at me like I'm crazy because I am because I was you know here comes the rain again yeah I get tired of the rain but <laughs> <laughs> We let him get away with it. We let him get away with it. Do you know what the two things that happened in 1916-17 was the oneness issue split the church and racial issues split the church about the same time. I got news for all the Pentecostal bigots Back in the day, anybody remember G.E. Patterson? If you don't know G.E. Patterson, he's long gone, but his, he, lives, he lives on YouTube. If you don't know G.E. Patterson, you ought to familiar. That's Bishop Gilbert Earl Patterson, uh, pastor of Church of God of Deliverance. 
Church of God in Christ, Temple of Deliverance, Memphis, Tennessee. One of the greatest preachers of the last, I don't know when. He was the general overseer of the Church of God in Christ. And at the time, Thomas Trask was the uh, general superintendent of the Assemblies of God. And from 1917 until whatever, mid-90s, whatever it was, the Memphis, the, the Memphis Miracle was then and only then when, when the racial schism in the Pentecostal church began to heal. And it's when Thomas Trask went to the Church of God of Christ's Temple of Deliverance and washed Bishop Patterson's feet <laughs> and said he came to reconcile with his sister church. And I said that for a reason. Because Brother Patterson very graciously corrected Brother Trask. He said, I appreciate the spirit that you're here and I accept it. This is a miracle today. But with all due respect, we're the mother church. We were first. Bishop Mason ordained your people. It wasn't the other way around. And it's true. You know, I, it really begins to be, I, I'm nowhere near, not even close to getting through. But it does bring me to a very important moment tonight, Jeff, that we need to realize that we're at a place where, yes, I believe that there is, that, that oneness doctrine is an error. But I'm not willing to divide a church over it. And I'm willing to give grace to people who are my brothers when they're willing to give me grace that I'm their brother. But I can tell you with absolute certainty that racial bigotry and division should never have occurred. And I'm going to leave, I'm going to leave those people in God's hands because that's all I can do. But I'm going to tell you, I've said it many, many, many times before and I'm going to say it again. There is no room for racism and bigotry in the body of Christ. And if you can't say amen to that, you probably need to find you a place in an altar. Maybe even consider some days of fasting and prayer. And, and really let the searchlight of the Holy Spirit shine through your soul. Because I know that the Word of God tells us that Jesus brought, for one thing, between the Jew and the Gentile, He came and brought one new man. And I'm going to tell you that, they were, that, that we're created, the Bible says, of one flesh. I can tell you, every one of us came all the, from the garden and then from the flood. and then <laughs> Every one of us. Every one of us. And I'm going to tell you, I'm going to say it as clearly as I've ever said it. Like, well, it's like I say it every time. You cannot hate people and love God. End of story, period. It can't be done. You cannot hate people and love God. It's not possible. I'm going to leave people, I'm going to, I, I, I believe there's some room that God allows people to, I believe, let me say, I'm trying to find the right way to say it. People walked in the life that they had. <laughs> but you know, we have it all now. And there's no excuse for it. I mean, I could say a lot of things tonight because church takes a lot of heat. In America, for, for racism, and rightly so, there's a lot of racism. They take a lot of heat for Christianity, takes a lot of heat for slavery in America. But I'm going to tell you, slavery is, uh, Christianity is what ended slavery. 
It is. It's what ended slavery. As people began, when, when, the, when awakenings began to happen and people began to go back to the Word of God, it, it wasn't, it wasn't uh, heathens and Muslims and Hindus and Buddhists and, uh, that, stood up, that stood up for mankind. It wasn't, Will, William Wilberforce, wasn't, he was a Christian. Oh, y'all are... Go find, go, go start looking and begin when the see the abolitionist movement began. It was, it, it, it really flowed from John Newton, who was a slave trader, a vile man, who realized how vile he was. See, that's what Jesus does. This is one thing I know. This is what Jesus does. He takes vile people. And, and, literally opens their eyes to what they are and makes them something else. And, and this ended at the beginning of it with the old slave trader that realized what he was and he penned a few words that you might recognize. They wrote down a few things. He wrote a, few, he wrote a poem that said, Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. See, he knew what he was. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I, listen to what he says, I was blind, but now I see. <laughs> and that was the very words that, Wilbur, that William Wilberforce stored, stood before the, the parliament in England and began to declare that it was amazing grace how sweet the sound. That was what in, that brought America has terrible scars of racism and bigotry and slavery but it was also Americans that their eyes were opened and brother fought against brother and neighbor against neighbor and family against family and one of the bloodiest wars in our history to put a stop to we've been divided over things that should have never happened how do you go from oneness Pentecostal versus Trinitarian to that because at the same time, when Pentecost came back to, the, to God's church, to the body of Christ, racism raised up and division over the Godhead raised up. Now, I want to tell you, there's a mystery of the Godhead that I, that I, can, that I can understand somewhat why people got, get confused over. And, but you don't need to double down and kill each other over. But there's no excuse today for racism. That's a wound that can be healed everywhere. And that, and, that, and that is a situation that will never be acceptable here. Bag churches became, it's a really interesting place. I don't know if you know this, but it's a really interesting place. In five short years, we went from about 50 people to nearly 200 people when, you know, shift workers are in and out. You know, we're never all here at the same time. But we went from... 50 people to 175, 200 people. And it's not a bunch of Assembly of God people who got mad over an orange and came over here. Now, that's not how it's been. There's AG people background. There's UPC background all over the building. There's Baptist background all over the building. We've Church of Christ background on the back row, I think. Isn't that right? And, and Catholic background all over the building, I know. And you know, 
we preach, we preach this book straight here. We, we, we're, not, we're not seeker sensitive in any way. <laughs> we're fully aware of all these backgrounds. And you know what? Yet people keep coming. And we're not killing each other. Oh, there's some of you that need to get out of the first church of the frozen chosen and get a little life in you. There's some of that. You can leave your ice cubes down where you came from if you want to. But we've not, we're not divided over this stuff. Have you, have you ever stopped and thought about that? There's some of you, no doubt, get tired of me harping on once saved, always saved is a lie. But we're still here. You know what I say? You ought to be once saved and always saved. I ended the kind of last week. Let me, let me go back to there, let, whiplash, because there's something I need you to hear about that. We don't believe in, in unconditional eternal security, but we don't believe eternal insecurity either. We believe in the security of the believer. We don't believe that every time you got upset and lost your temper and kicked something and, well, except don't kick your wife. That's not good. She'll hit you back. Some of them will stab you. Ask Jason Smith. Katrina will stab you quicker than you could. She got that. She got that from Heather. And I want you to understand. I, 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 I want you to understand. I forgot my Kevlar underwear. <laughs> I told you, I'm telling you, I got friends that would be mad at me that I'm too easy on all this stuff. No, I believe what I believe and I'm going to preach it. But I'm going to believe what I, I believe what scripture I'm going to, but we got to have some grace with people. We've got to have some grace with people. Because I'm going to say it again. You can have some things wrong. A lot of things wrong. If you got Jesus right. <laughs> you absolutely can have a lot of things wrong. If you've got Jesus right. Now I believe this doctor and anything else. You can take to the extreme. And so far out that you don't have Jesus right anymore. And then you'll end up like on the highway. You know why I say that? I don't find no grace in the room. I'm still going to leave it up to God. Hear me. But I don't find no grace in the room. And I'm saved by grace through faith. <laughs> I he, he, is, he, is, he is full of what? Grace and truth. <laughs> Some people, they're arguing over baptism. And I think they've been baptized in vinegar. I don't care if it, whose name it was in. If you come out looking like you've been sucking green persimmons. <laughs> Who was it used to say, that's tight, but it's right. <laughs> Who was it used to say that? I can't remember. It's tight, but it's right. 
I'll remember, I will remind you that the mark of the believer says they will know that you are my disciples. How? By your love for one another. What commandment is the greatest? It says to love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your spirit, all your mind. And the second is to love your neighbor as yourself. It It said the second is likened to the first. Love your neighbor as yourself. Paul, and listen, I, I can see there's one thing about it. I, can, I, I am one, so I can, I can go at it. You know, I don't like to hear people attack stuff when they're not part of it sometimes. I don't, that, that's not to say you can't know things and address, but are, are you hearing me? So I'm going to go after some tongue talkers real quick. You know why? Because I are one. Though I speak with tongues of men and of angels, and I don't have love, I'm nothing. Though I offer my goods to the poor, my body to be burned, and I don't love, I am sounding brass, and I'm tinkling cymbal. Because love is patient. And this is, not a wed- this is not a wedding verse. You know what it is? It's a Holy Ghost verse. It's a Holy Ghost chapter. In chapter 12, he tells you what the gifts of the Holy Ghost are. In chapter 13, he tells you that they operate in love. In chapter 14, he tells you how they operate in the church. You can speak in tongues all day long, but if you're hateful, you're noise. And I'll remind you that the devil speaks in tongues. Because tongues just means languages, and he knows them all. Men and of angels. And I don't have any love. I'm nothing. Love is patient. And love is kind. It says it doesn't, it doesn't keep records. It's not puffed up. You know what I'm not to give records is? Don't, don't keep records is? That's about forgiveness. That's about forgiveness. It lets it go. Oh, yeah. You know what? And I'll tell you something else that chapter 1 thir- Corinthians chapter 13, verse 8, I believe it says that love never fails. Love never fails. But whether there's prophecies, they'll fail. Whether there's tongues, they'll cease. Whether there's knowledge, it will vanish away. That's not saying that the tongues ended with the, uh, with the apostles. Because if you lose tongues, you lose knowledge. Keep going. Verse 9. Somebody. I'm going to have my Bible open to it. Yeah. For we know in part, we prophesy in part. But when that which, there is that, when that which is perfect has come, he's coming. He's coming. He's coming. That which is perfect, he's coming. That's not the canon of Scripture. <laughs> when that which is perfect has come, that which is in part will be done away. For when I, I, This is one of my favorite verses. Man, I'm going to preach it like it ought to be preached one day. Because we've got a whole generation of people that needs it. When I was a child... I spoke as a child, understood as a child, thought as a child, 
Oh, this is, my, this, is one, this is one of my favorite verses in all the Bible. But when I become a man, I put away childish things. <laughs> Boy, preach that. Ooh. <laughs> preach that. For now we see in the mirror darkly, but then face to face. This is where I wanted to get to because I'm back to the mystery. I'm back to the mystery. For now we see through a glass darkly. He, he gave us what we need to know. But there's things we don't understand. Now we see through a glass darkly. Now I know in part. When? Now. Mm-hmm. Now. Now I know in part. But then, when's then? When that which is perfect has come. That's when the then is. That's, you know how I know that it's not the canon of Scripture, Matt? Because I still, know, I still see through it darkly. I still only know in part. Because it says when, then. When's the then? I'm trying to teach somebody how to read their Bible. We're wrapping up right now. Because you have to go back and see what, what, what the then refers to. You're a teacher, am I right? You're a teacher, am I right? I don't know what to say about you. I know it's not the canon of Scripture because if the, if the canon of Scripture was without what's perfect has come, then I wouldn't, I wouldn't be seeing dimly. I'd be seeing face to face. I wouldn't know in part. I would just know even as I've known. But now abide. When? Now. Abide. When's faith? Now. You know how I know that? Because, about, because it says now faith is now faith is 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 present now now faith is now abide faith hope love these three but the greatest is love the greatest is love if you don't have love you don't have anything yeah y'all didn't let me get as far as I needed to get and well, let me just say, I, I, and I don't know if it's going to matter, but humor me. It's raining. It's raining. Well, they ain't done up there yet. So I mean, sometimes y'all get all nervous. Yeah, have you ever noticed how some people get y'all sometimes get all antsy on Wednesday night, and I get you out of here, and sometimes it's a little later than it should be, then everybody just moves out to the hall and stands waiting on them. Yeah. See, in here you're sitting down. Just an observation. (laughs) Oh, look, he's giving you hope. (laughs) The greatest is love, not hope. (laughs) Y'all missed that. He's giving you hope, but the greatest of these, and you can play all night because the greatest of these is love, and I love these people. (laughs) My wife's going to kill me. If you want to know we're brothers, this all fits, by the way, of what we started. If we don't know, we're going to argue over if we're brothers. I'm going to tell you, if you don't have any love in you, you're not my brother. Because I've seen a lot of that. And I refuse. I refuse. I've had some people tell me that, here, here, here I go, I'm going to get myself in trouble. I'll tell you. I'll tell you. I people, I've, had my, I've had some very good friends 
lay out and te- tell me that, you know, if they're believing, everybody that believes in a oneness doctrine is a heretic and going to hell. I'm going to tell you, there ain't nobody ever going to convince me that Vester Mangan's going to hell. <laughs> and it just, it just ain't going to happen. Y'all ain't hearing me. That'd be like telling you all the Calvinists are going there too. You going to put Charles Spurgeon in hell? I'm, I'm not. Are y'all hearing me? Because y'all know me. I'm going to preach it just like, I, just like it is. And I believe that the Bible's right and somebody's wrong. Yeah. I believe in every situation, somebody's right and somebody's wrong. But you know what? I'm, I'm not convinced that I'm always right. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to love people, stand on the Word of God. I may pick it up there next week. I may not. I may have said all I need to say. I don't know. Start to say, that's what I was going to ask you. I was going to make you feel good and act like you had a vote. But... <laughs> <laughs> did I go far enough with it or do we need to continue because I just barely scratched I don't know I didn't ask you if it's good I asked you if I need to continue or not did I, did I cover it far enough or, do, or and in the meantime I'll ponder it and do what I want to but I'd like to <laughs> I've said before in heaven there'll be good Christians but bad Baptists yeah. I believe that. Yeah. What you mean by that is not that they're bad people, that they were, they were bad being locked down to their way was the only way to get there. Right. Yeah. Uh-huh. Any, it, it's about the time they're going to let loose. I, don't, I really don't want to keep you much longer, but... Is there, are there any quick questions or comments? I mean, because this, this is usually a war. This is, people fight over this. Is there a comment question? Yeah. Well, I think the body needs to be made up of all different races, creeds, and colors. Yeah. Because that's what heaven That's what heaven's going to be. Resemble what heaven's going to look like. Uh-huh. There's, there, I probably need to continue somewhat because there's things I didn't cover. There are things that I'll throw out there. You know, I've told you a week or two ago, I, I, I just don't believe that there's going to be any questions about how you got baptized in heaven. I just don't. There, I mean, there's really, there, there, see, this is what I can't handle. I'll just tell you. I can't handle that you had to be in my church when you, when you confessed your sin. You had to get in my water, in my tank, in my church, with my formula, with my words, and my voice, and do it my way, or you're not in. I, 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 can't, I can't abide that. <laughs> well, I, the, the hardcore of both sides will tell you that if you wouldn't baptize in Jesus' name, that, that your baptism's no good, that you're not going to heaven. There's the same other, other side that would say, if you're not baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. I, I haven't covered all that. I probably need to cover it thoroughly. I believe there is a right and there is a wrong, but let me tell you, ain't nobody going to miss heaven over water. 
It's by the blood. <laughs> Nobody's going to miss heaven over by the, I refuse. Oh, I always find a way to leave it on a controversial note. Have you ever noticed that? To leave you, have, if I just shut up, it wouldn't happen. But I refuse to have more faith in the, in the city of Bider water system than I did. Y'all seen that nasty stuff? Whatever's going on here in Mauriceville, five years later, it still plugs up the pipes over here. <laughs> I refuse to have more faith in the, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the dude out there putting chemicals in the water at mud than I do the blood of Jesus and the cross of Christ. I just refuse. Somebody say amen or oh me. Stand with me. Stand with me. Stand with me. Father, we do, we do love you. <laughs> and each other. And God, you know, my prayer tonight would be that you would heal your church. That you would bring us back to oneness and to unity. <laughs> so because unity is like the anointing oil that flowed down Aaron's beard to his toes, the psalmist said. Lord, we're more powerful when we're together. Lord, pour your spirit out, I pray, in this house. Let there be a fresh hunger for the baptism in the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Lord, let there be a sovereign move of your spirit in this house, we pray. Lord, now go with us tonight to our homes. Lord, may your presence go with us in the night hours even that we would become aware of your closeness and your manifest presence. God, we would... It would change everybody. Lord, we love you and praise you. In Jesus' name, amen.